Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Coffee with Craig, where we talk all things Second Amendment, firearms, firearms policy, culture, politics, elections, you name it. We're talking about it right here. So please take a moment to like and share this video feed or our podcast so that you and your friends can join in the conversation. Also, please take a moment to visit our website, or not our website, but our store at fpcgear.com. That's fpcgear.com. As I always tell you, it's a great place to go uh, to find items that will help you show your support for the Second Amendment, purchase those items, but also just know that every dollar that you spend there will go right back into the fight for our right to keep and bear arms. It's real simple. It's fpcgear.com. Support the Second Amendment and look good doing it, fpcgear.com. All right, folks, it is election time. That's right. It is election time. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be talking a lot about that, that a lot about elections over the next uh, uh, week and a half or so or a couple of weeks, uh, obviously, until the election is over. And who knows? Afterwards, we'll probably be doing a bit of a postmortem. But, you know, one of the uh, things that we hear a lot when it comes to the Second Amendment and when it comes in particular political campaigns is how candidates are bought and paid for by the gun lobby. Uh, you know, in essence, people talk about candidates uh, who support the Second Amendment and, and oh, by the way, might happen to receive uh, financial contributions uh, from Second Amendment supporting organizations as if, you know, well, as if there's something wrong with them actually supporting, you know, having a position that is pro-Second Amendment, as if the reason why, the reason in which they have the position that they or take the position that they take is because they got money, not they got money because they take the position that they take. Uh, one such accusation uh, is is a, been a pretty big accusation in the race for uh, governor in the state of Florida. Uh, a gentleman, Mr. Gilliam, uh, is uh, hoping to be the first uh Democrat to represent the state of Florida since 1999. And one of the areas in which he has chosen to go after his opponent uh, is specifically by focusing on his support for the Second Amendment. Uh, and, and not just his support for the Second Amendment, but the, the individuals, uh, the, the organizations that support him because he supports the Second Amendment. Uh, this is U.S. Representative Ron DeSantis, uh, uh, who is uh, proven to be, at least as, as far as I, I can tell, a solid supporter of the Second Amendment, uh, and has received financial contributions from the NRA. But, uh, interestingly, uh, he has received a, a, an interesting kind of criticism, shall we say, from Mr. Gilliam because of that support. And, and here's the criticism. He says, he is, a wholly own, he is wholly owned by the NRA. Gilliam said at one point, referring to his opponent, he's not going to stand up to the National Rifle Association. That's why they're running all these ads against me, because they want the man they bought. So in other words, they bought him, so therefore they believe they own him. At least that's what Mr. Gilliam would have you to believe. And it raises an interesting question, because at the same time, uh, you know, let's say this is not this is not the first time such an accusation like this has been made. Uh, you know, it, it's made quite often. In fact, 
you know, people talk about the fact that 42 of the 45 senators who voted against background checks uh, received money from the gun lobby. Once again, one, we got to get two criticisms to that. Number one, well, what exactly did the background check bill do? Because I, I think that, that many can agree that uh, opposition of a particular bill does not necessarily mean you're opposed to background checks as a whole. But we always find that for some reason the background checks that they seem to always want to propose is a backdoor registration. But they don't want to say anything about that. Uh, it's a way in which to exclude people who otherwise should be able to own firearms. They don't want to tell you anything about that. Uh, but once again, I find it interesting that once again, that that's what they point to. But they they never seem to point to the fact that, well, the people who, what about the people who get money from the anti-gun lobby? They never, ever, ever actually point that out. Um, you know, they go on to point to stuff like this. They talk about how the NRA gave money to nine senators, over $20 million to vote down gun laws. Once again, did they give it to them because of the positions that they hold? Or did they give them the money so that they would hold those positions? Hmm. Huh. One has to ask. One has to ask, is the amount of money that is contributed to political to these political candidates, is it really that significant? Is it enough to really make them sell out what their, their constituents and what supposedly, as the anti-gunners would say, their constituents want and what they truly believe? Are they really afraid? Well, let's look at this. So this was the last election. This was 2016 election. $1 million went to Senate Republican PACs. $1 million. Wow. That just sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? A lot of money from the gun lobby as they seek to buy candidates. Except there's only one thing. When you actually look at what that $1 million is, it actually represents about 2%. 2% of all of the funds that are eventually raised by, by, that are eventually raised by, uh, by the Republican senatorial committees. So we're talking a very, very, very small fraction of the amount of money that is actually spent uh, in, in, in these particular races. Um, there's a graphic here I wanted to show you. Now this is, once again, this is going also though back to the Senate. Once again, showing here in the Senate. And what they're doing in this particular piece is they're breaking down all of this various money. Uh, and they're looking and they're trying to show you where all this money went. So what you're talking about here uh, in this particular case, and I know it may be a little bit hard for you to see, but if you look up there, they're talking about a total of about $6 million. $6 million being spent on, on, in total on, on senatorial campaigns. Once again, these, this includes not just senatorial, but also this is Congress. So this is both the House and the Senate, a grand total of $6 million that, uh, that is being spent to buy Candidates. Let me say this again. According to them, this is to buy candidates. But see, what they what they fail to think about or what they fail to talk about is folks like Michael Bloomberg. Folks like Michael Bloomberg who have actually committed. Now, a lot of folks don't know this, but Michael Bloomberg this year actually is committed to spend a significant amount of money in order to take back Congress. Do you want to know how much he has spent or, or committed to spending? 
If you guys can see this, it's $80 million. $80 million is what he is committed to spend to give to Democrats, to anti-gun Democrats, in order to take back, in order to take over, you know, basically in order to institute gun control, in order to take back the House, in order to take the Senate, uh, as well as various other races. So $80 million. But with that, one has to ask the question, is he buying candidates? Are these candidates bought and paid for? And if so, what are they being bought to do? They are being bought and purchased in order to take away the civil rights of Americans. That is exactly what they're being, what they're being paid to do, to take away the rights of law-abiding citizens like you and I. Like you and I. That's what, that's what they're goal is. That's what the, the whole point of this exercise, and keep in mind, this is a guy, Michael Bloomberg, who's a, a billionaire. I mean, the, the, the small amount of money that he is dropping in, into these political races are a pittance to him. But keep in mind, I just showed you, in 2016, Republican, I mean, the NRA spent about $6 million in total. And here it is, he's committing $80 million dollars. So my question to you is this, who's really buying candidates? Or at least who's getting a bigger bang for their buck? I, I, I'm a firm believer in this. And I think Ronald Reagan said this, you know, he's like, I don't, Ronald Reagan said that he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily support all of the positions of everyone who contributes to his campaign, but he assumes that the people who contribute to his campaign support his positions. And that is the case here. The thing is, is that really the real power that groups like FPC, the NRA, Gun Owners of America uh, have is our ability to communicate to you who is supporting your right, your fundamental right to keep and bear arms, and who is not, and communicating that information to you so that you can make an informed decision, an informed decision about whom you will vote, and an informed decision about whom you will contribute, whom, to whom you will contribute. And you are the ones who make, that, who make those decisions. You are the ones who make those choices. You trust our organizations because you trust our values. And as we communicate to you those who support our values, you make your decisions. Firearms Policy Coalition does not endorse candidates. Firearms Policy Coalition does not contribute to candidates. But what we do do is we find out where they stand. We primarily look at their actions. We look at their words, but we primarily look at their actions. And if their actions have been such that they support your right to keep and bear arms, that they support your civil rights, we let you know about it. If their actions are such that they are, are operating against your fundamental civil rights, against your right to keep and bear arms, we let you know. And then you make the decision, you make the, you make the informed decisions. We don't do campaign ads, we don't do none of that. We, but I want you to understand that when people talk about candidates being bought and paid for understand this folks if you really want to decrease or you want to get rid of the money the influence of money in political campaigns here's what you need to do you need to become informed and you need to become engaged and then you need to engage others 
That's how you eliminate the effect of money in politics. Things like this, like like you know, like this podcast, the ability for you to see what's going on and hear what's going on and know where candidates are at, know what they're doing uh, in their various different offices and where they're standing. That information empowers you. And then it doesn't matter what the campaign commercial is. It doesn't matter how much mail they put into your mailbox. It doesn't matter how much they spam your email box. You know because you've gotten the information from organizations that you trust. You know where they stand. And so then when the time comes, you know how to vote. That ain't hard. That ain't rocket science. But it does take time. It does take energy. It does take effort. It takes people like you getting engaged and remaining engaged and involved and active and engaged in the process. So keep in mind that when you next time you hear people talk about buying candidates or candidates being owned by the gun lobby, just remember this. The anti-gun candidates... <laughs> If there is any selling out going on, they are the ones that are selling out. And they are selling out for a much, much higher price. Oh, and there's many, many more of them, just in case you were wondering. Anyway, folks, that's going to be it for today's Coffee with Craig. We very much appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate you guys being a part of the fight for our right to keep and bear arms, our fundamental civil right to keep and bear arms. Remember, civil rights, got to use them or you're going to lose them. You guys take care.